Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. So I've got family here this weekend, which is always, always awesome. Doesn't always even have to be family. Family, friends, it's always cool when people are in town and want to hang. And today they're out doing stuff while I'm here just chilling and getting it cleaned up. And as with any family get-togethers, when it's a beautiful summer day and you're in and out, in out and have a barbecue out back, you get flies the next day. And if any of you have ever seen those YouTube videos where they show like in a uh, microscopic video environment what a fly does when it's near open food, so I'm like really wanting to get these flies. Everything's covered. I always make sure everything's covered because I don't ever give them a chance just because I'm that disgusted by what I saw and I don't want to waste food. So I just want them out though and then I don't have to worry about it right now. And I have this cool tennis racket with batteries. My brother-in-law actually has one with a USB charger so you don't need batteries, but it has an electric button. And I want to, I, I don't know what is the weirdness, is it, I think it's nostalgia because it's definitely not mortality because I don't roll with that, but I missed the days of the bug zappers where they're like, because the bug was like, oh, to the light. And so they have them and I saw a Black & Decker one at Lowe's and I was like, okay, so even Mark agreed. He was like, yeah, let's get it. Well, then we put it outside, and I don't know. It's sitting there, and, and we even bought, like, this little shepherd hook so it can be, like, near us, like, where the table and everything is so we can just sit back and enjoy the zaps. And <laughs> it didn't make any noises. And yet there were bugs all around us. This is why you're going to think, what an idiot. It's me, though. It was totally me. And... I'm like, oh my gosh, there's bugs everywhere. The light is on. I haven't heard one zap. This thing doesn't even work. Meanwhile, <laughs> I I go to look at it, and the inner column of where you know the light is literally packed. It's like, you know, like a film all the way around it, fully filled of bodies of mosquitoes and wings and things. And I was like, holy crap, it does work, but it doesn't make any noise. Well, it's LED, so it doesn't, I don't know, it's not the same effect, I guess, but it's effective. In fact, it's so effective that what I need to do now to use it is I have to get a uh, outdoor extension cord, like Christmas light style, and run it out the back and then put it like in the yard away from us because it was bringing all my bugs to the yard holy crap it made it like horrible like frenzy so it did the opposite of what I thought it would do and it doesn't zap so I found the tennis racket and I'm like yes and I was just another one come on buddy anyway if they would just know to go to the light and go out the window and leave I'd happily let them live and go but they don't go out they only come in Anyway, 
I was thinking a lot about our trip last week. That was, once we got there, a blast. Nice experience with us and the boys. Started in Phoenix, got a car, whole another story. Went up, stayed in Flagstaff B&B for a few days. And then after we got done, every day we would like go a different direction because everything is within an hour. So like within an hour of Flagstaff, you've got the Grand Canyon, the Meteor Crate, which is like the largest one in the globe. And we actually enjoyed the Atomic Bomb Museum in Nevada. Makes you realize just how that statement was true about how, I mean, they were using drones in the 40s to throw into their bomb test sites out in the middle of the desert of Nevada to determine like all the stuff. And I'm thinking you guys had sophisticated drones that you were sending into bomb. Anyway, you'll be impressed to see that there's probably a lot of stuff we just don't know, but it was fascinating. Anyway, throughout the whole time, we spent the majority of our time at the Flagstaff location because we only did, I set it up to do like a and b for four nights and then a decent hotel off the strip for three nights because each one were like a key location where you could jot out and do little day trips but still have time to chill and relax and enjoy the accommodations of what you're renting. So needless to say, the whole time, because we were also, our trip did get cut. There was, all of our intentions didn't occur. Like one of them was we were going to do some hiking in Sedona and we couldn't because of uh, the fire Raphael, Raphael. And the fire actually became significant enough to close down all entrances to like exploring parks on the third day before we got there. So three days before we got there, everything got shut down. So there was no access. You know how... Like, if any of you have been in the Smokies, I love the Smokies. You can just peruse through the park and go this way or that way. Or, well, you just couldn't get in those parks. They let you into the Grand Canyon and the Meteor Crate and Montezuma's Castle, which is really cool. Very, very interesting. Makes you wonder what happened there, too. But the whole time we were there, which was beautiful we did have a little more time so we ended up doing the shop and stuff but there was this looming white cloud formation of like just in the distance because where we were staying according to all these maps and where the fire was and where it was all spreading I think we were just a couple miles from it because at night it was really big and it was right there and and like I said on the map it, it looked, I don't know, 10 miles maybe back. I mean, it's got everything closed. But when we went to the meteor crater, which is really cool stuff as well, I think it was 60 miles or so. And you could see it from there. So it was massive. I know they said it was... When we got there, it was 30-some thousand acres. And when we left, it was 70,000 acres. But we had a nice rain, and they had already been... 
uh, containing it in certain areas because there was almost 700 firefighters working around the clock to fight it and keep it back from everybody. So, sure, it may have inconvenienced a few hiking miles, but I just can't even imagine what they must have went through or what they go through and what kind of job that is because I know a lot of them also suffer a lot of inhalation issues and premature aging and things. But man, what a crucial job. What a big job. And I think it goes back to those are the people that we need. And they're us. So when I think about that in a different way, like the whole time it was just more of an experience. Like, wow, you know, the impact of all of it and what this means and how it was so dry out there. It was like, man, you wouldn't want to do anything that would cause a spark. So, but now looking at it, it's like, by the time we left, I looked at it. I quit taking pictures of it because I'd taken enough pictures of it. I knew it was still kind of in the air and it could spread again or catch again at any time. And even though they have some containment, they didn't have, they had 50% containment, which was huge compared to when we got there because it was less than 10% contained at the time. So then, you know, you had that rain. So we hoped that have to help something, if anything, help layer the other places that would not make it as fun to, to, you know, spread to something. But we got used to it in that short of a time period. Like we did, but we didn't, you know, we'd still check in on it, but it kind of sent me this, because it was also the first time that you really, really didn't have to wear a mask. And we're back to that, thank God. And it's been over a year that you didn't have to have at least, you know, for the restaurants or something. You always had to have one on your pocket. You always had to have one on your wallet because you never knew. This was a time, as long as you're not in one of a, the airports, which are federally regulated, which means the government controls all of our airspace, if you think about it, because that's private and public. But you don't need one. So I was able to just put them in the suitcases and leave them the whole time we went everywhere and anywhere until we had to leave again, and then I had to dig them back out. I washed them, of course, but they're very, very filthy and unhealthy for you. Uh, that's probably why they don't even wear them in the mines, but it's another day. We got used to it. And we've gotten used to a lot. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to pick out every single thing because we all got used to things in different ways. We all got used to either being mad at it, at this side of it or mad at that side of it or frustrated with this part of it or at, because somebody else wasn't doing what you think was the right thing because there's only one or the other to pick. And if you don't pick one or the other, you have to pick all those things because we've got these two big boxes and, and they're all those things. Even though when you think about it, that's nuts. But like, that's like trying to tell me my entire life experience and everything that I have 
gone through triumphantly, sadly, hap- like that would that would be saying that everything that I've looked at, the lens I've used in my whole life to see humanity and love and kindness and grace and be so supportive of anything and everything and actually work toward making that in the area I can have an impact on and humbly accepting if there are times that I have to step up and do more to help somebody else out with getting it, what I believe to be truth in the hands of others. So uh, it's just so tough because when I was thinking about how we're used to it, it's, it's that piece of anxiety or that piece of fear. And it's, I, I don't want to talk about like the last year and a half of it because that's a lot of it because there's a lot of other ways people have fears there. What I want to talk about is like in our whole lives. So like for instance, I knew that fire was there and I knew it was deadly and dangerous and needing to have more than 700 very, very uh, humble, hardworking and dedicated people, I would assume, I can't speak to their bosses or administrators or any of that stuff, but I would think at at the ground zero of it all, I would hope every one of them are great because all they want to do is fight fires and I watch all those movies and stuff and it seems to be like, you know... Um, something Kevin Costner probably would be in if he wasn't already. So, I'm talking about how we all agree on stuff. 100%. And it's because we're not, nothing in, in the world, in the world of society's eyes, we're nothing special. <laughs> Where uh, every day, look at me, I got airplanes going over my head, walking around on my deck, people. And I really don't want to change it. Sure, I would like to have a little more uh, comforts of security, knowing that if I want to make a pivotal career change, I can afford to. Sure. I want to be able to keep going to places like Flagstaff and Phoenix and experiencing different places and people and understanding cultures and history and feeling environments and homes and communities and what it's like. And it's so fascinating to me. I'm just fascinated by everyone's stories and where they came from and how they're evolving and what do they think of the journey so far and what, what stage they're in of their journey. And, um, I mean, aren't we all just, like, born to die? (laughs) Let's have some fun. Let's talk about it, and let's... I mean, I feel like we're all good. We're all on the same page, but... I also feel like the fire's just getting bigger, and it's just always there. And there are things we agree on. We agree the sex trafficking is real. We agree that... Like me, I thought, you know what, the worst percentage I'm going to have if that cloud gets closer to me that's deadly is I may be inconvenienced and have to move out of my B&B and go seek 
uh, you know, go toward Vegas a little sooner to get away from it so that we aren't affected. That was going to be uncomfortable for me, but it was my worst case, what I anticipated to be able to get used to that and just say, there it is, in a selfish ego way. So, sex trafficking, what would you think the odds are? I mean, we know, we know they're there, we know they exist, but it's not stopping us from our everyday living. Just like that fire didn't stop us from our everyday vacationing, other than, you know, we might not have been able to go into that neighborhood, or we might not have been able to go into that um, trail, but we were still able to be there, and we were still able to be safe and have fun and find things to do to keep us busy. We know that there's a lot of corruption in the powerful. And by powerful, I mean people that have a lot of money. And what I'm finding is, and this is an unproven study, this is just a hypothesis, that when generation after generation of generations go through wealth, it is that that makes it out of touch with the majority of those that carry them on their backs to be there. And by that I mean, maybe you're a fan of somebody. Maybe you were sold that their product was something you really, really needed. Maybe you trusted them with your investments and your retirement and your funds. Maybe you trusted them with your votes. Maybe you bought their album. Maybe you watched their show. Maybe you let them fondle you in very inappropriate ways so that you could get an autograph. Who knows? But others get there quickly, I think. So that's why I think it's not maybe a hypothesis because it's when it starts with the bad seed and then that bad seed breeds more seeds. Kind of like the mean people make more mean people. It's just that kind of wealth gets harder to break through, I guess. Harder to topple. Where, like, thanks to cancel culture, the ones that are seeded with the, the disgust of greed and whatever they want. Um, they can be canceled and then feel the pain of, God forbid, being like us. So I'm just trying to take one day at a time and figure out every place I can cut spending to contribute to people that we know have either contributed, supported, or been with the approval of uh, what someone else is doing or what they're doing themselves. You know, I admit everybody has a vice, and it's just understanding what your vice is and what makes your vice happen and why why you use it. And I was thinking about I don't want to judge anyone for advice because I have my own. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. Or you put someone else in harm's way to attain it. Then whatever. I mean, if you want to put on a bib and sit in a high chair and have your wife feed you baby food and call you baby, 
um, I mean, if she wants to spoon it out, it's okay. But, you know, there's people that shop too much. There's people that pop pills. There's people that consume. Yeah, it's like you can consume. That's a vice. Consumption. You can exploit. I don't know. This isn't a good formulated thought. I should probably just move on. My point was that I'm trying to make basically is I may have the problem with saying, sure, I'll take another glass, but I sure as shit don't have the problem of saying, ooh, check out that kid's ass. So that's the kind of people I'm talking about. And they rule. They rule. They have their hands in everything. And even if, they're, even if there are people in their groups that don't do that, they know they do. And they allow it. And that's what makes evil spread. That's why Einstein was a genius. And he, I even saw it in the museum. He was just like, don't use this for bad. Don't use this science to make weapons. Please don't do these things. This is about energy. And da, da, da. Anyway. So that was crazy stuff to learn in that tour. We have to all agree that there's corrupt people that have power and control over all of us. They control our medications. They control our health care. They control our access to it. They control our, our curriculums, our, our income that we have to pay and report, even though they already know what we make. Why do we have to file taxes? Sweet Lord, they already know it all. Anyway, while we were out the West, and I was thinking about how that smoke was just like something that we're used to in the background, that little fear, that little anxiety, but not enough to really affect our day. Uh, Let's see, poverty, homelessness, uh, rape, sex, exploitation, um lack of mental health, um, all of our jobs that we have to do that actually help run communities and make them thrive, not getting paid much, and then, like, I think that there should be, like, growth in stuff. Listen to me, I'm talking like an idiot. For instance, if you're going to be a firefighter, there's a tier one firefighter, tier two, tier three, tier four, and maybe there already is, and they're all like, hey, we already got this figured out. But the more you learn, the more you know, the more expertise you have with the experience you've gained, the more you make so that you can actually have a really comfortable lifestyle that keeps you continuing that process of climbing that ladder with the new ones coming up because you always keep a one with you. So if you're a four, I'm gonna give you X amount of money, but you're gonna keep a one with you and he's your rook. And then the cycle will always continue. And we will have wonderful, awesome people that continually help teach the right way. Where when it's the wrong and people are getting taught the wrong way, which means, you know, like all these people that join these things and say, if you turn your head to this or do that or look away with that, I'll give you this contract or I'll give you this job or I can get you more votes. I will, you know, do whatever deals that aren't for the good of humanity, but for the good of the vices of ego and greed. And 
I'll admit most of the people I feel bad for because I'm sure there's a lot of collateral damage in all of it and everywhere. Just like there's bad nurses and bad doctors, that don't mean all doctors are bad or all nurses are bad. It's the same with all of this corruption stuff. But those are the ones that need to step up and stand out because they're telling you, I don't care what my record looks like, I'm not afraid of you. To me, that's saying, I would do that. Because I even think about like my whole record. If anyone is going to try to shame me or culture me or anything, it's going to be on social things that are disagreeing because I don't, I don't have anything but that one time I had to, that was a long story, but I know what I've done and I know what they'd find and I don't give a shit. I'll even tell you about all my little fun teenage escapades if you have to, but my point is if there's anything that it's done, it's not because there was an intention, no intention to hurt anyone or do anything bad. So that's why you got to talk about it, talk through it, figure it out. I feel like no one wants to confront anyone because it's like confrontation. It's like, it doesn't have to be like that. I've been going around my company lately and just anyone and anyone who will listen because and it gets into that, I'll say something because I call it confrontation constipation. Like we've gotten afraid of just saying what we think because we're so afraid of people not thinking they like us. And I want people to like me and I want them to trust my intentions or to do the right thing so we all win. But I can't just sit back and just be like, oh, look at our Kelly peeing on that teenager. No, I'm not doing this stuff. I'm like, what? And I'm not saying it's like that. It's more like, do you really think this is the strategy that's going to help people work? Because I've gotten a lot of feedback from all of my other colleagues, and they're trying to tell me that it's probably going to be more detrimental to our bottom line. So I was wanting to know if we could just rethink this. I don't do that anymore. I don't say it like that. I'm like, hmm, I'm curious. Tell me more. Or can you try to explain it to me in a different way so that maybe I can understand? Because right now I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing the benefits. Like, help me out. Help me see what you're trying to see so that I can understand really what you're trying to do. Because all I'm trying to get to at the bottom of the day is what is your intention? If your intention is to, like, put your name on a gold plaque so that you can say you were special and that you don't care about the loss of morale across the board. Or... I'm just that, you know, not able to see the the forest and the trees or whatever. I don't know. I can't figure it all out. But I don't want to upset anyone. I don't get anyone mad. I just want to make sure we all understand the same things, and I hope people do it to me. I keep saying, this is what I say. It's not about a gotcha. It's about, hey, there's broccoli in your teeth. If I spend time with someone, I don't even care if I've met you for five, ten minutes. Maybe, I don't even know, maybe even it's less than that. And I have broccoli or something gross or spinach or something in my teeth. And you don't find an <coughs> opportune moment to politely and kindly let me know. And let the entire thing continue until I leave and find it later. Or come across somebody else who tells me. I'm going to be like, come on, man. Why'd you let me hang like that? Why'd you let me send it out with a typo? Why'd you let me, you know, shit happens. Not everyone can be 100% on their game all the time. That's why you always got people you trust that are hanging out to look out for you too. 
like Mark, he's not going to let me go do something to the house. He'll be like, hey, did you think about this, this, and this? Or I really can't move that wall, honey, because if I move the wall, there's all this ductwork and then I can't run it over there. And I'm like, oh, thanks for looking out for me. Appreciate it. I'll put the hammer back. So that's just what I think. And yet at the same time, I've been just like, whew, feeling a little... I don't even want to say, I'm not going to say crazy because I'm not crazy. I'm crazy for, I don't know, like not making better decisions, I guess, or risks or thoughts. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure all that out. That's why I'm processing this whole thing with the clouds in the back. And lately, I've been letting just too much of everything. I mean, it's so overwhelming because I see it more and more and I see more and more things happening because that's what I'm supposed to do is identify trends. Like, that's like my whole thing. And base it on fact and relationship and data and experience. And I feel like I have a story for every experience to back up my claims, but I don't have anyone willing to really have discussions about it because for some reason we're not allowed to talk about anything, even if we can trust one another's intentions. So I've decided that as, an, as my contribution, right, wrong, or indifferent, I will continually discuss things, not poke bears or provoke things, but ask questions that are meaningful that I hope will in turn let someone explain to me where their thinking is coming from to determine whether or not the intention of what they're saying is positive or not. Because if we don't start doing that with one another, if we don't start giving each other the benefit of the doubt and talk through things and question everything we agree is not accurate or not perfect, for instance, the media, can we all agree that we do believe? I mean, there were some polls that went out that said we're the least trusting country in the world for their media. But of course, can I trust the poll? I don't know. But I think we can all agree. And as a behavioral writing marketer, I see the persuasion. Like, I remember how tough... I was a broadcast journalism student, believe it or not. I know, didn't finish, but at the time, that was the closest degree I could find to getting myself into advertising because they didn't have all these roles. And now that they call it all marketing, I'm like, I'm so sick of that word. I, I, I want another word. Same with blog. I want another word. Don't like them. Done. Stupid. It's, it's not. And it is supposed to be this like a whole congealed thing of well it's it's the advertising the advertising is it's now just more of a in my mind a working verb that states you're taking what you've done through your marketing and you're paying to advertise it but if you keep it as advertising it's all fine You know what I did? You guys, I paused and freaked out because 
Oh my gracious, that was funny. My uh, in-laws have their dog here. And since I'm home all alone, I have the dog. And my dog. And my dog's used to just like going in and out. And she'll let me know when she wants back in. And she doesn't leave the yard. And this one is new and does kind of. So you got to watch. And they even have it. Like they put it on this leash, which I do. But I've been talking to myself for so long that I couldn't remember if she was in or out. And I didn't see her, so I was like, oh, shoot. So as I paused to quit talking, I did that. (laughs) She was just laying in the front room. That's funny. Anyway, she's fine. I have seen everything evolve, and I I think there's just a better word for it. It's more of, like, who you are and what 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 your end game is or what your goals are or something. I don't know how to explain it. It is, I guess maybe that's the right word now because I have no other solution. But I was intimidated. Not intimidated. That's not the right word at all. I was not going to be fulfilled in being a broadcast journalism person. I thought as long as I can write... And I really enjoyed more of, uh, like, for instance, my first internship, which ended up leading into six years of a part-time job, was at a local radio station. And I enjoyed producing ads and making them and writing up the content and, you know, just putting it together. I've always, wanted, I've always loved doing commercials. But I've always loved doing commercials because what I was doing in my mind was not just, like, like what does an emu have to do with insurance? What does a lizard have to do? But they do it and it works. I get it. It works all day. Everything has its thing. But it's something that they need to have for you to have it sticky so that you can identify it to something else. And sometimes it's more of just the emotion that you feel when you have it. And I do appreciate humor over all else. I like. I feel like, to me, the most challenging commercials to make are those that, that have humor. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's the one that's going to have the most impact with who you're trying to talk to because sometimes people aren't in the mood for humor. So you have to just craft it the way you want it to be so that it's received in the way they intend, you intended it to get the reaction that you want. And I've always loved the whole process, every last piece of it, ever since I was a little kid. And I haven't known why, but I would not be the one to come up with an emu unless you told me that you wanted me to have some type of funny animal because that's what all the other competitors are doing. So... But here we are talking about it because I remembered it. So there's just different tactics of what you want to do and how you want to achieve it. And for them, it's just remembering their name so that when you're searching for insurance and it pops up in your little mixed bag of insurances, you'll be like, yes, that's the one I want because it's the cheapest. It's just like Expedia and all that great stuff. But my point is I didn't feel confident that broadcast journalism was going to be for me when you had to cite everything and the way you had to write it. I personally do not want to write newspaper articles. I will, I can, I have press releases, you know, all that, like da 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 This is, you know, the, the five W's of basic journalism. But I, I enjoy the research and the writing that's why I think that what I do now with my, my site is fun because I'm 
I'm doing exactly what I am allowed to do as a personal writer, editor, person that's just doing this for fun to give everyone opinions and thoughts and stuff, is I enjoy research to validate and and or help shape what my thoughts are on the subject based on what I can find and read. But I enjoy the fact that I can explain why it matters to me and why it's important to me and why I think it should be important to you because that's the way I'm, I'm wired more as a communicator. And I didn't finish broadcast journalism. I did take every advertising, marketing, and business class I could that would apply to my um, major. And then I second, I did the second, whatever in business so that I could justify the other ones to get more credits out of that. And I was just saving the required for last, which was biology. Um, I think I had to take like history two or something. And not that I don't respect all that, but to me, that's high school work. Like that's what, that's what you do in high school. And it's great to continue learning it and keep it in the curriculum. But I had to hustle because I was a mom and I was by myself and I was trying to get off of stamps. So I just took all the classes I could to do exactly what it was I wanted to do so that I could talk in a room and hold my own and get in there. And that's what I did. So the funniest part is, is if it weren't for working at the, with the juveniles at the state facility, I don't think I could have used what I learned and been okay because I still have the book that breaks down the types of persuasion and, and um, I, I think I just like to have them as a reference but I haven't opened it in probably 25 years. And I, I did a final project, a video project that I had to make and edit and do all by myself which I thought was pretty dang funny but it's it was doing VHS tapes and through machines and transfers and stuff so Everything's irrelevant anyway, but I couldn't be on the news. I couldn't write news, I newspapers, and I would rather be the girl that's calling the newspaper to place my ads in it for my clients or myself, or writing editorial copy, you know? So the fact that I'm now realizing that that's not even... It's not even a difference anymore. There's no difference. Except you can't turn it off. So, I feel like I know a thing or two about the fact that none of us should be able to trust our media. And, and if you're watching it, you have to understand that you are agreeing with their bias. So, of course, that's why we're all divided, but now I don't even see regular news. So we have to get back to the way it used to be, which is there is broadcast journalism and there is persuasive editorial. And you keep them separate and let them be known because sometimes you got to put it out there. I mean, newspapers do it. They still like block them out and say this paid segment. But now they don't because they're blurring all their lines and they're writing. They're hi- I bet they're hiring marketers. They're hiring market journalism students. bloggers but then again I don't know about that either because they're probably tied into all of their colleagues 
that don't have TV shows or scripts or something. I don't know. Anyway. I think we can all agree on that. So let's agree on it. So I can quit talking about this and letting it in my room every day. And by letting it in my room, it's in my head. Let's put this cloud out so it's not over us. And just realize that we all like each other and we all care about each other and we all have great memories of similar things and trends and patterns and we got a lot of broken stuff to clean up. If anything, it's just showing us that if we don't all band together, they're going to divide us and that scares and saddens me. I don't want anyone knocking on my door. And I know we're fighting with each other about all this money and how we spend it, but I've been reading a lot into what we spend outside of our country versus what we spend in it. And I don't understand why no one's mad about this or upset about this. That's the argument. It's not that we as human compassionate people don't care that there's a fire burning down 70,000 acres. It's just we don't know what to do about it and no one's really asked us to get involved anyway. So if we become more interested and ask more questions and have someone explain it to you in a way that makes you understand it better, then at least maybe we can figure out what our intentions are so that we know who, who's just really trying to benefit the, the greed and ego vice they have versus those who are really just following a narrative because they thought and trusted the source it came from was something that they should believe in and that there isn't any ill will on anyone else and they just want us all to get along. I think we need to help find that with each other because there's... 95% of us, and I was looking at a, I was down a deep rabbit hole over this whole Haitian president getting killed, which guys, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, please read into it, look beyond just one headline, look at historical things about him and their, what's going on, and the thing that really, really just saddened my heart was the old articles I found about this, the untapped resources there. The untapped resources being gold and oil. And I'm like, you can't make this up. The, the, the average person there makes $3.15 a day. Uh, it's fully devastated. There's been civil war on no real... Um, Full, full government corruption, no fluffs given, everyone knows it. Um, it's kind of like uh, what I could only imagine would be compared to like on a Game of Thrones when you live in the kingdom of one of the bad kings and they just come in and do whatever. They'll even like take your baby or something or, you know, Cersei gets mad, she'll come and slit some throats and then they'll like leave you there and make it at your message <laughs> they have all these like guards and warriors like you're just basically a prisoner in your own home I imagine that's what it must feel like but I can only imagine what that must feel like so I, I have been very very blessed which is why if anyone if you, if you don't like America get out and tell me where you're going to go because I dare you I am so tired of everybody fighting on the world globe TV screens it's like when 
it's like when uh, I feel like to me this is the exact same analogy of if you were watching a couple fight in a parking lot and their whole family's dragging out and they're saying stupid stuff and nothing makes sense and or like you're watching a I don't know, like some stupid, stupid reality show or something. But that's what we're doing on a global stage. I'd be like, you know what? Can we just like tighten her up a little bit? Do some internal house cleaning before, you know, we do all this because we got a really kind of a pretty good thing here. It's not great. I admit we've got big old clouds everywhere we look and they're all starting to form together and they're all starting to close in. So... I, I'm I'm saying that I'm saying things because I'm nervous too. But I don't want us to be. There's there's more of us than them. We just have to understand and trust each other's intentions are to make this country a wonderful, great place, which we can. We totally can. I was I was looking into statistics here and we spend almost forty billion dollars a year on other countries' foreign aid. And I don't know, I'm not saying stop. I'm saying let's look at why, because it never stops. It's just us writing a check. It, it never self-sufficient, like, I look at it as a global welfare system. Because they started testing welfare for the very first time in West Virginia. They wanted to see, like, how do we make the poor oppressed? Because I don't like these poor people that, you know, like still have values and stuff. How do we oppress them? How do we make sure that they never get out? And they'll be like, oh, well, here, let's just start these welfare systems and make sure that, you know, when they get them, they, they can't have the man present because only single women can get it. So they have to break them up or whatever. I don't know. You can go all the way down that. But anyway, it was tested here in the 60s. So we are kind of doing a global welfare system. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about the recipients of it right now. Please. Even though there are some bad ones, just please, no. What I'm saying is, if we're giving countries four, eight, ten billion dollars every year, just writing them a check, and yet they're still oppressed, impoverished, uh, unhealthy, poor, uh, water is not clean. Like, I've heard that my whole life. Feed the children? I mean, come on. It's still like that. And yet we're, we're writing them checks. Big checks. Year over year. We're, 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 we're saying that we're humanitarians. We're taking medical people over there and we're giving them vaccines and we're going through trials with them and we're doing different paid testings so that, you know, we can fill up, figure it out. The Gates Foundation, I mean, they've got it set up all over Africa. And I'm thinking, every year we cut that check and yet nothing happens to better the lives of those people. In fact, in Sudan alone right now, there are thousands of people still displaced which I'm like, how do you get displaced because of COVID? But they are. So for whatever reason, they I don't know if it's because they just 
was it like the whole economy thing? Like they weren't be able to work or sell, so therefore they were evicted from a home that they didn't own anyway because they're in an oppressed government that's totally corrupt? I don't know. Those are the things that I wish a real broadcast journalist would start talking about and getting it out there so that we can actually have all the truth. Because guys, I read an article that said the untapped oil resources due to the platon or platonic I don't know, the plates of the earthquake. Remember they got hit by that horrible earthquake in 2010? Like where those places are in the world, that's where there's like the richest oil. And they're like laying on it. And I guess the the earthquake thing kind of helped show some of it. And they also have gold mines that are not being tapped correct at all and copper. I mean, there's huge corporations in Canada that are down there and, and us, you know, starting to slowly, you know, hit tap that stuff. But to say they like put a flag on it and owned it and took it yet and started pumping it out, no, not yet. I think right now we're still in a global chess poker game of who's going to really take it and get it because we're all like trying to get our dibs in. But who am I? I mean, I. I know he was shot, and when we were out west, I was privy to this new thing called the... It's not new. It's from... It started in the 20s, but... Uh, 1920s. The Allen and Company Sun Valley Conference, which you can look it up. There's no fluffs given. It's all there for you. It's where the elitists all meet. Politicians. It's the billionaires club. Actors, CEOs of big companies, and that's where all the deals go down. That's where they start pairing up their golf partners and having little weekend funsies together with, I don't even know what else, I'm not even going to go there, but it is uh, isolated, locked off, and no one can get in or out, and it's by invitation only, and it's solid, like, and then they encourage all of the people to bring their children so their children can grow up playing together during that whole period where they're babysat, and it says that it's like Hollywood meets the SATs experience for all the kids, and they all grow up together, and they keep going back every year. So there's a lot of deals going down right now on that during that convention. So I don't know if uh, the the assassination of that president had um, any damper, you know, on anyone's weekend. I don't know if anyone had to, like drop what they were doing to, you know, go help assist with that. But they don't tell you the guest list, but there are some. I mean, there's lots of pictures. You can see Zuckerberg. You can see Oprah, and you're like, okay, I get it. Gates is all you fun people, and. I just couldn't believe it. Because then I was like, well, who's Allen and Company? Wow, Allen and Company. They're behind every merger and acquisition that all these businesses are doing on top levels that no one's talking about. And then they help with the big public ones too. They got stakes and everything from Miramax Films to Coca-Cola to Facebook and WhatsApp. And they stay low on the radar and they only, I think they're like the 11th biggest bank in New York. So they're off the radar of anyone looking at them and if you look at their address, it's really close to those towers where, you know, all those documents and papers and Morgan Stanley, all that stuff got destroyed because of collateral damage of buildings that somehow imploded. I didn't realize how many libraries and history was lost. I didn't know, like, all these cases that were open in the U.S. government and stuff were in buildings that blew up and all these credit card history and banking records. It was like, when you look at the list, if you, like, just search for... Um, 
collateral damage of 9-11 or all of the other buildings and what was lost inside, like Picasso's artwork. I mean, just It's just unbelievable what was lost beyond the 3,000, near 3,000 lives. It's, it's horrendously sad. You know, I was thinking us as a country, it is pretty cool. Like, I don't contest it. I think that we have the means to afford it, and we should be doing it more than we even are because of our... I I bet our budget is so skewed. I bet there's so many... We waste. Like, they take our money, and they waste it so much, and we're all just like, hmm, look at that cloud out there. There's another 5% of my salary gone, but hey, at least I still get to go to Mexico. But I just... I don't know what to do. How can how can we all not agree that this has nothing to do with the last eight years of presidents? This has to do with the last 100 years of corruption in government, and it's probably even further back than that. And not one of us with in what's considered the majority or the middle class or the, the people that just want picket fences and houses and, you know, like a better life than they had growing up or for their kids, you know, that kind of thing you know, seeking that American dream. We can't fight. We can't. We just can't. And we don't. That's the funny thing. I I loved all the people interactions we've had over that week in the West. Oh, so wonderful. So many gems and special people that you've met and talked to and all walks of life. I mean, you see everything. And sometimes it's kind of sad, too, that some of the you know, those that were homeless, you could tell there was mental health issues there and you just felt bad and kept walking. We could do a lot with our money if we knew how we controlled it and how we spent it. That's why I'm saying let's not stop foreign aid, let's fix it. Why is it that the poorest, saddest, human life living realities out there happen to also be connected to the richest, deepest natural resources. And why are we the number one funder of it all with the biggest checks written? Why are we, why do we have stakes in it? You know, I don't know. I just, it's bigger than what I even will ever understand. But I want us all to understand that we're fighting over like ketchup packets when we should be looking at the menu. Like, can, can we please? Like, because when I was in Vegas, no one wants to fight. No one wants to do anything. I say we turn it all off. Tell them to stick it. And if there's things you enjoy, like I enjoy shows and people watching and uh, story reading and things, just give yourself always a five-second rule and ask yourself, is this influential writing that's trying to bias an opinion? Or are these facts being given to me as they are so that I can form my own opinion and decide what I want? Because I would rather be the person with 50,000 opinions on 50,000 subjects than one opinion with who you are by who you chose to possibly vote for or not. That's my thought anyway. All right, I got at least another hour and a half to kill until my wonderful family gets back. So, I think I'm going to 
go relax. Thanks for listening. And there you have it. Another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own or how you could relate to this one, or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone and have a great one. So I have a lot of sidebars and side thoughts. I always have what in my mind I imagine as instead of like a bunch of worms in the earth and making wormholes, I think of it more as prairie dog holes or uh, ant farms where you just got, like, I, I feel like my brain is probably just like when you walk along the road and there's a sidewalk where a bunch of ants somehow congregated and decided to have like the biggest Game of Thrones, War of Thrones right there on the ground. Like, I feel like sometimes that's the way my brain burrows into one thought to the next and connects them around each other. But I was listening to uh, the Joe Rogan, Adam Curry podcast, which I recommend for everybody. It is uh, episode 1679. I've always liked Adam Curry, even when I was just a kid watching MTV and he had the best hair. Um, the rest of the dudes didn't really have hair. They had the, they went up for the more of the sting or bald or like other options in that trending time period. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, anyway, I always liked Adam. I, he seemed very genuine on, on the uh, thing. And then to find out he's the pod father that <laughs> paved the way for me to just do what I do now so that I have a release and I'm able to just get it out of me without totally exhausting the people that are with me day to day because I only record probably my favorite one or one thought or two thoughts of the week and depending on the time frame and what's available it might not even be that so a lot of times I have to bend the ear of someone else to say it and see how the material flows and how the reactions are but I also think that people get exhausted like oh here she goes Went down deep into the prairie dog holes. So this is a really good thing. And what I'm going with right now is based on all the weight distribution, we as a misinformed majority have undertaken. The fact that Bill Cosby is free and I'm still driving to work today going la di da di da 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 is beyond me. Like, where is the outrage? Where where are these, where are these uh, pink pussycat ears? And where's Madonna? Like, where's, where's everybody else? And I'm not talking about the victims. They've, or the survivors, I'm sorry, the survivors of the escapade because they've done enough. It's time for everyone else to step up now, okay? And no one, no one is doing it. And I'm like, if you could have any for certain, this is not a conspiracy. This is not made up. There is astounding. I mean, you could even listen to these podcasts that break down the interviews and the people. And 
I've listened to them. Like one of them, I binged all eight episodes and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like these are without a doubt. And the fact that he's walking free today on a technicality that is, he was convicted based on character and testimony, but truly no physical evidence that is actually required in normal court of laws. Which is actually, if you think about it, rather genius because that's not wrong. It would have been nice and I have no idea. I have not listened to the case files because they're also not allowing Larry Elder to run on the runoff against Gavin Newsom recall on a technicality that isn't even legitimate because it's like a gray box you can check that's like, mm, uh, we redacted documents based on some redaction. Yet there was a independent poll that showed he had 80% of the vote if they were gonna vote today based on all the other candidates. Cause I mean, guys, even Caitlyn Jenner is running for the seat. So, and I'm not saying she wouldn't be great. I even thought maybe she could be like an important role within the government while she gets used to it. But anyway, my point is if he is set free because there's no physical evidence, there's going to have to be physical evidence. There's going to have to be, even I understand there might not be any DNA to match, you know, the 50, 60 direct testimonials of ongoing stories where some of them, it not only happened once, but twice and three and four times. So it's not like, oh yeah, I woke up and I do kind of remember that now, which by the way is legitimate. I've, I've experienced it myself, so I can totally contest that that shit's real, but more so that they had it, it was set up to where you just started to realize, wait a minute, for whatever reason, when I answer his beck and call as a young woman and go to wherever he's at, I tend to always never remember how I got to bed and when I woke up naked. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And my college is free. Go figure. So anywho, I'm, I feel very confident in throwing that stone. Not saying that I'm the judge, only God can judge him. But I'm saying we have to start really doing our homework because we are in a world that every single person that is on that side of the agenda that is trying to take down our country and make us go into, I am sorry, but a civil war, because they're saying that phrase all the time. I keep telling my husband, we, you never, that was never in your daily conversation. It's not like you woke up every day and you're like, oh, civil war. I counted five times I heard it in one journalist's rhetoric on a TV show mentioned it five times and that was just one person and then the next person came on and they talked about it and then they talked and then you see them and it's not been like this since the civil war hell our president is saying that word he is saying that phrase and i'm like they are planting that into our vocabulary so that it becomes an everyday word we are used to hearing that's how they change the meanings of words that's why webster's dictionary continually adds changes and modifies words because people will take them captive and make them have an entire new meaning and we allow it I'm like, no, I like the word when it meant this and I want to keep using it that way. And now I'm not allowed because if I do, I'm a bad person and I'm truly not. I'm just using it the way it was meant to be, which was probably a rewrite either. I don't know. It's all jacked. But anyway, I'm getting back to Bill Cosby. Here's my outrage, ladies, because now that we're all in this whole, you know, judged lest thee be judged here on earth, 
even though it's not our job, but not holding accountable truth. Like, I just want truth. I don't give a crap which side is right. I just want truth and I want information and I want to be able to decimate it myself and I want to be able to make my own opinions and I want to hear, like, I want to be a juror, a juror, not a pulpit sitter. Like, I don't want to be in a seat in your church of rhetoric of we're going to take down the whole world and let every criminal in here and, and you aren't safe, but who cares because we all hate each other anyway because this country sucks, which I'm like, what the flip? Are you kidding me? This is the best country in the world. That's why people are dying to get in, literally dying to get in. Do you know of any other country on this globe, 195 of them, where people are dying to get in? If it is, it's probably because it's the one next door and they got a bail on the one they've got and it's better than that one at least, but it's still shitty and then they end up screwed anyway. So please, it's all out there until they take it all away. But here's my bitch about the Bill Cosby thing too. Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad. Claire Hoxtable, the, you know, the, the wife of Bill Cosby dad, cool sweater dude, made us all love the entire show in the 80s and thank goodness I still love the show I just can't watch it so your syndication you know incomes are down I'm sorry Rudy but there's got to be another way if anything have Hollywood reactivate your accounts if you want to start acting back into the community and give you auditions and let you like a reawaken you as a gift for condolences for having to work with a monster behind the scenes that you can all honestly say you had no idea and we will respect that and accept it. Sometimes I wonder, you know, Lisa Bonet was noted at the time, who knows the truth? I mean, only she does, but there were some troubles with her and her growth development or, you know, which we all have. I mean, you don't even want to see mine. I've got Probably all kinds of files out there somewhere. Sadly, they don't blow up buildings when I want my history to disappear. But she, I, I watched a clip of her speaking. And it was during the trials where they weren't done yet, but they were definitely heavily already like, oh my gosh, you know. Maybe, maybe there was already 50 of them. I don't know. It was, it was already like slam dunk. What the heck? Sicko. Kind of like any other like major scandal, like the Harvey Weinstein, like all these R. Kelly, you know, in that documentary surviving R. Kelly came out, you're like, oh my God. Like it changes your, it's like, it's like when you watch Sixth Sense and at the end he says, I see dead people. And then you've got to rewatch the whole movie in your head and remember every part that now makes more sense. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that was the whole time. Sorry. Spoiler alert post too late, but she, and I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure it's out there. She defended him and she defended him not by in any way claiming his innocence. She did not even discuss the case or matter at hand or the accusations that were upon him. That was not it. It was, she deflected. She deflected the argument instead to say, this man is an icon. He paved the way 
and basically gave more opportunity and motivation to young black males everywhere to be able to grow in this industry that needed more color. And here's where I'm mad at Felicia. Bye, Felicia. You're not wrong. That is an absolutely true statement. 100%. But would you really have done anyone, especially any young black up and coming person now who is absolutely depressed, devastated and hurt that one of the many few people they looked up to, you know, the PG pudding pop picture pages guy was truly a monster. Why couldn't you have said, and it's rather a shame that these kinds of things are coming to light. I still pray that it's a miracle and not true, but I am beside myself with grief that something like this could happen, especially to so many young, impressionable women. Would that have been so hard? Even if you didn't mean it, because obviously all you were doing was deflecting and saving. And I'm even wondering, I'm like, or, I mean, you didn't seem surprised. Like it was just monotone, like, yeah, I figured it was coming out. It's kind of like she just looked the other way the whole time. Again, I'm assuming I'm just making that up based on the way she talked and the way she carried it and the way she deflected it. But I'm just saying, where's she? And why would she have done that? I've always looked up to Claire Huxtable and all the roles she plays. She plays in lots of great roles. She's still acting today. And when I see her, I'm like, oh, you go, girl. I'm so happy to see you actively acting, you know, and pursuing your passion. And uh, anyway, she was not a deterrent. She was more of a... Uh, a more likelihood that I'd check it out because I thought, well, Felicia's in it, you know, must be something pretty darn good. So I've seen the majority of her work and I just don't understand. Like, what if it were Zoe Kravitz? Like, what if she had been, and again, I know I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like, can, is there a way you could put it mentally in your mind? Somebody that you actually love or care about, or is very close to your life and picture it being that person because maybe then it would become real. Is it about, you know, the fact that it's not going to ever probably run again on TV and it was a really good retirement plan, which it should have been. That was a magnificent show. And if you're in a magnificent show that changes the entire behavior of a nation and runs for several, several years and gets to the top of its game, like Friends, Cheers, Seinfeld, like... You should get a check until royalty. I mean, heck, you can be elected a politician and totally burn everybody into the ground and spend all their money and you're never going to have to pay Social Security or retirement and have health insurance for the rest of your life and get your salary even when you've retired. So good for Hollywood. Anyway, I got to go to work. Later.